Psalm 148, verses 7 and 13. Praise the Lord from the earth. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. I want to talk a little bit about what um, did not come natural to me as I started moving closer and closer to Jesus uh, through the daily reading I was doing and and, uh, church attending I was doing and various missions I went on, etc. And that was, uh, I didn't know how to pray. Not even sure today I know how to pray. But in the psalm, when he's praising the Lord, he's praying. But one of the things that really helped me was just think of it as a conversation with God in your own language. And what I did uh, when I wrote about this is I, I took the Lord's Prayer and I said, okay, let me pray it in a, a, my own language, the way I would pray it if I was just uh, talking on the street with God uh, or, or just praying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so the paraphrase of our Father uh, is, Father, holy is your name. This is what I am I'm putting out there as just a way of not doing it by rote, but trying to hear the words and trying mm-hmm. to see what the prayer is saying. Mm-hmm. about yourself and about your relationship to God. So, Father, holy is your name. I pray that you will bring revival to the land. I pray that you will provide your children with bread for this day. I pray that you will forgive us for our sins, conscious and unconscious. I pray that you will teach us compassion so that we will learn to forgive as you have forgiven us. I pray that your hand will guide us on good paths and away from temptations and that you will strengthen us so that we will resist all deceptions. I pray this because you are God. To you be all glory and power forever. Amen. Eric, this is a great translation or um, interpretation of the Lord's Prayer. It's really beautiful and it's really accessible. And that's what's kind of striking me. I love the fact that in this psalm, which says his splendor is above the earth and the heavens, which is this really lofty idea. I love the fact that you thought of the Lord's prayer, which is sort of like that lofty grandeur being brought down into something we can access. It's prayer. It's words we can say. And with your translation, you've made it even more accessible. You're taking this grand lofty concept of this God whose splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and you're bringing it right down. And and it's reminding me of the absolute miracle of the incarnation, that this God whose splendor is above the earth and the heavens, you know, took on the form of one of his creatures. The creator became like one of the creatures. And and there's this this constant um, condescension. I use that in the best way possible of this grand God making himself known and knowable to simple folks like us. Yeah. The, um, you know, when you're uh, climbing uh, sharp mountains, like in uh, Colorado or the West coast or uh, anywhere else in the world, so Switzerland that comes to mind, you might be on a path, but you might be on a knife's edge at the same time. On your right is a 500 foot fall. On your left is a 2000 foot fall and you freak out. Mm. Um, but that's us. Where I mean, that's who we are. Where, where I mean, 
I, I think that when the church tries to, you know, it separates itself from us when it makes God so lofty that he's right. inaccessible to a child. Right. Uh, and I, I'm not saying anybody does that. I certainly, this church I attend, you're, the church you're the senior pastor of, uh, doesn't do anything like that. In fact, this term, uh, the, the children often have a, a sermon right in front of the church, along with the adult sermon later. But I think for me, one of the great breakthroughs in in coming to understanding much more of who Jesus really was uh, and how alive and, and how relational he is, is to speak to him in the language of love, but also mm -hmm. the language of the heart in the sense of this is a language I understand. Uh, and I have a degree in English, a higher degree in English, and I and I love Shakespeare, and in fact, Shakespearean language helped me understand the King James Version better than I ever had before. But the language of the Bible, the ESV, the NIV to a certain extent, and other translations, I'm not a big paraphrastic person, and really what I'm doing is paraphrasing and not translating. Right. Yeah. But I think there's a lot to that because people have to start somewhere. And if they can start with the language that they're familiar with and then move into a more uh, concrete definition, a, sh a closer definition to uh, the original language, uh, I think that that is a step in the right direction. Agreed.